Chapter Thirty Four of Pee Wee Harris on the Trail. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA. Pee Wee Harris on the Trail by Percy Kesey Fitzhugh. Chapter Thirty Four. Pee-wee holds forth. It was a delightful ride to Kidder Lake in the daytime. There is no time like the autumn, except the spring, and the spring is only good because it is the beginning of the summer, just the same as the winter is best because the spring comes after it. As Roy Blakely would have said, you can do that by algebra, but there is nothing either before or after to make algebra good. As Jim Burton's big Packard car sped along, the country looked bleak, and the fields wan with their yellow cornstalks. Even the little shacks where fresh fruit and vegetables had been displayed to motorists were now boarded up. Their cheerless, deserted look contributed quite as much as the changing foliage to the scene of coldness, desolation, the sad look which nature assumes when school opens. The wind blew, and the leaves fell, and the West Ketchum scouts fell too, for Scout Harris, who was also blowing. That's what you call a proincidence. How I don't have to go to school yet, the same as you don't on account of yours burning down. Gee whiz, I like campfires, but I like school fires better. And you'll show us how to make a campfire? Sure I will. I'll show you how they do at Temple Camp. Is there anybody living on that island? No one but us. And we'll have to be going home soon, said Charlie Norris. I like desert islands best, Pee-wee said. They remind you of dessert. Sometimes I spell it that way. Don't you care? You have a month yet. Did you ever eat floating island? It has gobs of icing floating around in it. We have that Sunday nights at Temple Camp. When I said dessert, it made me think of it. Sometimes islands disappear. I bet the ones in that dessert do, all right, laughed Nick Vernon. You said it, Pee-wee vociferated with great emphasis. I'll show you how to make tracking cakes, too, only you can't eat them. No. No, they're for chipmunks and burrs to step on so you can save their footprints. Gee whiz, did you think you could eat them? We didn't know, said Fido Norris. Gee, there are lots of things I don't know, too, said Pee-wee generously. But anyway, I fixed it so a scout could stay at Temple Camp an extra week. Bully for you, a good turn? You said it. I gave him a whole pail of berries I picked, and he got sick and couldn't go home. Some fixer. I fix things a lot. Maybe you can give us all berries the day before our temporary school opens, said Fido Norton. Don't you worry, said Pee-wee reassuringly. Maybe the men who are getting it ready will go on a strike. Maybe there'll be measles or whooping cough or something. I've had those. You're not missing much, hey? You said it. I've been lost in the woods, too. Roy Blakely says I get lost at sea when I sing. He's crazy, that feller is. He started the Silver Foxes. 
there's a feller in that patrol could move his ears without touching them. I shouldn't worry as long as I can move my mouth. I'll show you how to flop a fried egg in the pan, only you have to look it doesn't come down on your head. You can scramble eggs, but you can't unscramble them. Once one came down on my head. I took a beeline hike, too. With a fried egg on your head? No, I'll show you how to make a thing to get olives out of the bottom of a bottle, too. It's better than a hat pin, but a hat pin is good to catch pollywogs with. There's a pollywog patrol that comes to Temple Camp. Gee, I never knew that silver cup was in the car with me all the time. Well, we expect you to walk away with that, said Scoutmaster Ned. You rode away with it once, so now we expect you to walk away with it. It's one already, said Charlie Norris. Nick's the one. Gee whiz, I wish I had seen that signal, said Pee-wee. But anyway, I have to admit it was a stunt sending it. Gee, I guess you'll get the cup all right. It was characteristic of Pee-wee that his thoughts did not recur to his lonely adversary at Piper's Crossroads. His thoughts were always of the moment and aroused by the present company. He was just as ready to shout for others as he was to shout for himself, and that is saying a great deal. It was immaterial to him who he shouted for as long as he could shout. Nick Vernon was the nearest and likeliest, so he was all for Nick's stunt, and he was not in the least curious about the things said by that lonely boy with wide eyes who had stopped the car. He was thinking of other things now. End of chapter 34